0: And away we go. From CSG Studios high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. That's right, Jeff. Yes. We're back, baby. Everybody out there entangled in the interwebs, the Wilson Chandler Podcast is back <laughs> with me, your hostess with the mostest, Nate Timmons, and making his way all the way down here from Thornton. We got the king himself, Jeff
1: Morton. What is up, everybody? And um, I, I guess we can now call this the uh, CSG Studio South, and I, I have the CSG Studio North. CSG Studios, worldwide. Worldwide. We are everywhere.
0: Ross, hipsters, glasses, Martin, out on assignment. We sent him to yeah. Los Angeles to cover this Nuggets-Clippers game that is here at the Pepsi Center tonight. He's,
1: he's going to be doing it remotely.
0: Yeah, he's going to get that L.A. perspective, you know. That's yeah, what
1: you need. He's going to be hanging out to, you know, go to the Rainbow Room.
0: Probably watch the game with Gallinari, who doesn't really seem to play basketball <laughs> anymore. He
1: doesn't seem to right? play basketball <laughs>
0: <laughs> this yeah, is so even, true. Is he on the road tonight? Is he here? I don't is even he in know the house? Well,
1: I mean he's gotta go visit his house. Are they gonna do like a, a Are
0: they gonna do a video tribute and show him sitting on the bench multiple times yeah. with the nuggets and then and
1: they're gonna show his series of nice suits <laughs> and different hairstyles. Are, I believe uh, all of which are Armani, right? So he's sponsored by Armani, so that's that's probably what it is yeah I mean, indeed. he's going to show all those Armani suits,
0: and he's going to like do that, but uh, Nate, it's good to see you again. Yeah, man. We're back. We are back watching some basketball. I've watched a couple of games here and there, so I, I feel like an expert again.
1: I, I, I was keeping the CSG <laughs> see, keeping the CSG uh, listeners abreast of your uh, your health issues, and well, I've reminded everyone to get flu shots because of this, so
0: I'm just like Wilson Chandler, you know I, I lay low for yes. a matter of months. You know, people start to question if I want to still be around or not. Nobody really quite knows. And then all of a sudden, boom, I explode for, you know, 26 or 17 or 11 or 18. Maybe a cool 10 if I need to. You know, that's just, you know, the or last you,
1: five games of his. Or you do a, like, a, like a brief three-minute interview with me.
0: Indeed, yeah. You did have the pod <laughs> up with Chandler where you badgered him about Onyx.
1: Once again. I, I, don't, I just don't understand. A guy like Wilson who likes old-school rap and a lot of East Coast old school rap, isn't into Onyx. I just don't understand it.
0: Yeah, not a lot of people are, I don't think.
1: I I guess not. (laughs) People don't uh, respect sticky fingers. I think
0: you seem to to insinuate to Wilson that it was like, maybe it was too much for him or something. (laughs) It's like, you're not ready. You're not ready
1: for Onyx, Wilson. But Jeff... To teach you about the rap game, Mister Chandler. Oh, yeah, I am deep in the rap game, is what I am. Yeah, but uh, Wilson
0: did tip me off years ago to Datpiff.com, which opened my world to the mixtape scene, which you know I had no idea about.
1: Well, you know that he Wilson said on the uh, on the the interview I did with him that it was uh, um a lot of he was listening to a lot of SoundCloud mixtapes.
0: Yeah, um, I got a cousin that's rapping now. He's on SoundCloud. Young Links. Really? Yeah. Wow, he's I, got a gold grill. Does he? He's crazy.
1: Wow, <laughs> he's lost it. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that uh, outside of you that the Timmons family was in, into uh, the, the hip hop.
0: You grew up downtown, and all of a sudden you got gold grills and you're rapping. <laughs> <laughs> My God, it's crazy. But I mean, this Nuggets team has been been pretty fun the last you know handful of games. Uh, since so pretty pretty much since Millsap got injured, they've been pretty fun. Well, no, I,
1: you know it's <laughs> funny they they after Millsap got injured and I, everyone's listen to the podcast is uh if you've read me i've been badgering on this they haven't been able to to like decide who they were and i think once mason blumley got injured in the boston game uh early this month or maybe late january i think that's when they finally basically centered on who they were going to be and they've won a lot of games and have been very entertaining
0: since very entertaining. Uh, so let's bring it down this way. I was thinking about just going like through player by player and just talking about each guy maybe or okay. something. I don't yeah. quite know because it's just it's, with Millsap's going to be coming back soon. As you said, Jeff, he's yeah. what, game time decision? He
1: said today that he was a game time de- decision according to uh,
0: uh, Brendan Vote. Of uh, Mile High Sports, so that means he probably has four or five more games before he comes back, right?
1: <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, with saying, these things. Oh, I'm
0: a game time decision.
1: You know, uh, uh, this is very interesting because in the NBA, don't you don't you think of all the leagues, they have the greatest control over when they play. So yeah. they 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 they,
0: yeah, probably so.
1: They probably are the ones who are dictate the most when they play. So in in this sense, Millsap saying he's questionable. Indicates to me that he's ready to go, um, or not questionable, but a game time decision, and we'll just see if he's able to do it. I mean, today they said that he he he, he said that he doesn't have a lot of mobility in his wrists still, but it's not. Well, there are it's, a few ways
0: to try to get it more mobile. This is true. Got to stretch that thing out.
1: And 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 uh, but it was his left hand. He's right handed. Yeah. And he's been shooting a lot of these one handed shots in practice and that's not good and and, and <laughs> i'm wondering if like we're going to see a lot of floaters from Millsap when he comes back <laughs> you know do the old tony parker floater in the lane so we'll see
0: yeah so all right so since millsap has been out the nuggets have basically gone to this lineup starting yeah. lineup of jamal murray yeah. gary harris mm-hmm. will barton at the three mm-hmm. wilson chandler at the four and Jokic at the five yeah. i guess that was since they, I guess they were starting Plumlee along with Jokic, and yes, Plumlee gets hurt. So then yeah. they go to the smaller ball lineup, one in which they've had success with in the past, right, of, of playing Chandler at the four yes. and, and then going to three guards. Um, I, it's been successful, and now that Millsap's going to come back into the equation, this is what we've been talking about for a couple weeks, um, you and I, about how Millsap's going to come back into the lineup how he's going to get reincorporated back into this team and then how the team's going to play once he is back. Yeah. And my best case scenario and I texted this to you uh, a couple of weeks ago I said, you know, hopefully you know, Millsap at the beginning of the year was trying to play a certain way and trying to do certain things. And now that he's been on the bench and has watched this team have success with how stylistically they've been playing. Yeah. Maybe he's noticed something there to where when he comes back, he'll Try to fit in more with what they're doing currently to be successful.
1: Well, you, it's funny you say that because he did comment on that today, and he said that they, they said how would you incorporate yourself back into the lineup? And he, and he said I'll just stand in the corner and and uh, try not to interfere. Basically, he said he well, said the, the only way I've ever heard. only way he can he said he wants to keep the offense clicking the way it's been going. And he said you know, he said he would disrupt the offense if he just held the ball and dribbled.
0: Right, that would yeah. that would disrupt the offense, but you know, what has Wilson Chandler been doing the last handful of games from that four position? He hasn't been standing in the yeah, corner no, he's not, not, not doing a, shit. He's yeah. been an integral part of what they're doing.
1: But you know that Wilson, when he was up until, I guess, <laughs> ironically right at the trade deadline, he was just standing there. Right. And now he is extremely aggressive, and he's playing against... Guys who can't necessarily guard him, um, so
0: yeah, he uh, has a definite speed advantage. He does over Millsap. He's been a, be a
1: lot bad. more aggressive. And I asked him about his rebounding, and he says, "Ah, they just fall to me." But I think more than that, it was just, it was just to me a long time ago, um, back when in the stiff state uh, early stiff days, I used to say that Carmelo Anthony assisting people and passing out wasn't my big. Issue with him. My issue with him was he didn't rebound, and yeah. he was such a, he was had such a capability of being such a great rebounder, and he didn't do it. With Wilson, a sign with me that he is like changing and turning corner is his rebounding, because I think the, the against the Spurs he had like 16 rebounds, which was I, I don't think he's had a 16 rebound game before. As most, I think that was his most ever rebounds. I I could be wrong about that, but I think that was a career high. Yeah. So. I mean, more than the point, that was like telling indicating me he was ball hunting and you need Wilson Chandler to do that.
0: And you don't really have to worry about Millsap rebounding, right? So okay, yeah. so what is your best case scenario starting lineup once Millsap is back and actually starting again? And please God, Michael Malone, don't bring Millsap off the bench and play him like 10 minutes or 30 minutes. I Just start him.
1: I, I, I this is going to be weird, considering how well he's been playing. But I'd bring Wilson off the
0: bench, and you'd start just replace I'd, Wilson with
1: Millsap. Yeah, I'd keep Ball Barton in the in the uh, starting lineup. So then, where would you play Chandler? Chandler at the four uh, off the bench. So I I would have him come in for Millsap.
0: So now you're going to take Trey Lyles out of the rotation. I would
1: not. Trey Trey Lyles is I think uh, has a little bit more ability to play the three than Wilson does right now and I would put them, play them together. They played together um a little bit uh when Houston was here.
0: Can Lyles defend threes. He's kind of bigger and slower than
1: Chandler. I, mean, I, th- I think we got a we think I think we got one of those situations where they can Doesn't switch. Doesn't totally matter. Yeah, they can switch off.
0: So he's basically
1: positionless basically. And you bring him in, you basically bring him in for Millsap and then you do that because I mean, I know that I you know every player would prefer starting. But if if Millsap is available, you have to start him. And Wilson, I don't, I think was lost when they were starting him at three with Millsap. They just, it, it just wasn't working.
0: Yeah, and I remember the interview you did with Wilson before the season. He talked about trying to take the first, you know, he was trying to figure out how to play alongside Jokic and Millsap, yeah. and never quite figured it out. Right. Yeah. Um, for myself, I think I would probably. I don't know. You you got a pretty good point there of playing Chandler and Lyles together. And Chandler's used to coming off the bench. Um, I wonder if they took Chandler and started him at the three and put Barton back off the bench. First, I wonder how Barton would respond to that, because now I think he's he's
1: got a taste for it now.
0: And I think he's pretty <laughs> mentally entrenched in being a starter now. You know, like yeah. I'm seeing all these, his Instagram posts with. You know, with Murray and with uh, with Gary Harris, where, you know, these guys are all kind of posting together and gloating on some games that they get wins and whatnot. This really pissed me off the other night. So I watched the Rockets game on uh, DVR and I actually I checked Instagram and I saw that uh, Barton had posted something and said four in a row and I hadn't been paying that close attention to the team. So I didn't realize that they had won four in a row after the Spurs game. I thought he was referencing that Rockets game, so I was like, "Oh, sweet! They beat the Rockets. I'm gonna watch this game happily and know at some point they're going to come back and win this thing." And as I'm watching, I'm watching the score, and I'm like, "When is this comeback happening?" So I fast forwarded some, and then it gets down to like four or five points, and I'm like, "Oh, here it is! Like, here's the you know the cool part of the game." And uh, and it never happened, and I was like, so I went back and looked at Barton's post and realized he was referencing the Spurs game. It, since Instagram got rid of their like timeline. As yes. being an actual timeline, yeah. so it had Barton's post up there from a couple days ago, but it should have been way down in my feed. <laughs> you screwed me on that one, Instagram. <laughs> that's Instagram's fault, you know. It was... So just like, just like the Kardashians, I'm going to say I am no longer happy with Instagram, and I'm going to watch their stock plummet six percent and watch them lose one point <laughs> three billion, just like Snapchat did. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a hey. Uh, they almost
1: came back in that game. Yeah. So anyway, um, so, but anyway, yeah. So sticking right.
0: with these starters. Yeah. I wonder. I, I I think you got a pretty good plan there. Probably go keep Barton, bring Wilson off the bench. Let's see who you're going to move. Put I mean,
1: uh, me. here's the thing: who you're going to move? Uh, Wilson, or it would be Wilson or Barton. Those are the only two that you would e- even
0: consider bringing off the bench. I just try to look at the like who's behind him, right? So who do you have at guards? You have Devin Harris. And then who do you play behind Gary Harris? It's been Malik Beasley the last couple of games a little bit, but I don't really envision Malone sticking with him for any stretch of time.
1: Not not to a great extent, no. no.
0: So then you you don't really have a backup for Gary Harris. Wancho's basically off the team now this season. Well,
1: let me think. Yeah, that's basically, I mean, unless you bring in Devin Harris
0: and you play him alongside uh, Murray. So then, I mean, Malone's just going to have to get... You know, when you bring, I don't know. I mean, he'll he'll probably leave either Barton or Gary in, and then just you know take one of them out, and then bring in Lyles and Chandler. But I'm sure Malone's probably going to want to play some stretches with Plumley and Jokic together. So you just have a problem where you have Jokic, Plumley, Millsap, Lyles, and Chandler all at power forward.
1: And then and and that's a log jam of minutes right there. It yeah. really is, and, and then at the top, someone's gonna—I mean, several people are gonna get cut. And at the,
0: yeah, and then at the top of the rotation, you have you know Murray and Harris and Harris and nobody. Yep. So it's like—I mean, I don't know. Malone's gonna have a tricky time figuring that part of the rotation out, I think, and that scares me a little bit. To where if you put Barton on the bench and started a Chandler at the three, then you have a more traditional rotation, right? You can bring Lyles in, you can bring Barton in. I don't know. It's going to be interesting it's, to see I, how Malone uh, juggles it. See, how you do
1: this is going to be really... Who can you... I mean, would you play Plumley and
0: Millsap together? Yeah, you could. And right? the new... I mean, but... But the problem is you don't have a lot of wiggle room with the Western Conference, right? Yep. So you got the three-seed, Minnesota, right now with 26 losses, and then you got the ninth seed, the Clippers, in town tonight with 27 so if the Nuggets are going to try to experiment and screw with the rotation for a handful of games, they might find themselves in ninth place. It's <laughs> you know, it's so
1: tight. Yeah, it is so so. This uh, uh, the Western Con- I was telling someone about this earlier today. The Western Conference has not been like this. Or it's, I'm telling you, the Western Conference has not been like this since 2007 season. When it was the Nuggets, the Nuggets snuck in. Is that the Warriors they were battling with? Yeah, the Nuggets snuck in with fifty wins. Snuck in to the playoffs with fifty wins. The Warriors won forty-eight that year. The Lakers won the conference, and they were only six and a half games ahead of the Nuggets. That's they won fifty-seven crazy. wins or fifty-six or fifty-seven mm-hmm. wins. That was, I mean, that is unbelievable. I haven't seen a year like this in the Western Conference since then.
0: Yeah, you just have the Rockets and the Warriors battling for that top seed, and then basically the rest of the conference fighting it out for and the for the. Any team league. can go from three to eight. Yeah, and then with Utah or playing out. so well, you know, if, if they continue what they're doing, they're going to make it even muddier. We need, yep. the, we need the, the Nuggets need the Clippers and the Jazz just to fall off a cliff somehow.
1: Well, Houston did did the Nuggets a favor by beating the beating the Jazz last night, so. But then, of course, the, the 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 Rockets had beat them a previous night, so I guess it cancels out. But <laughs> right.
0: yeah. Well, I I don't know. It's it, it's it's a fun race. It's it's interesting to see how it's going. And then with the Nuggets, I mean, basically getting Millsap back. Like Denver, I, I kind of even forgot that Millsap was on the team for a while. You know, because they're just they're playing so well. And then the trade deadline's coming up, you know, and you're thinking, yeah, who's going to get moved? What are the are the Nuggets going to be players all in this thing? And you're like, well, they kind of got an ace in the hole because they can bring Milsat back, and that's kind of like an acquisition, right? Like mm-hmm. your team's playing really well now. You get Millsat back, who hasn't played a lot this year, and you know, he's, it, he's fresh. He's
1: absolutely fresh.
0: Yeah. I mean, the good thing about his
1: injury was it wasn't legs, and right. those anything regarding your lower body. I mean, even when you come back, you're still you're still rested because you can't be physical, you know? Yeah, with him.
0: He could continue, he could continue to
1: work out and do cardio and all this stuff without having to, you know, sacrifice that kind of thing. So maybe he'll be able to have the stamina to, you know, when he works himself in to do this. So,
0: Have you gotten a chance to chum it up with Devin Harris? I have the not. Newest member of the Nuggets? I personally have not. Oof. I did listen recently to the Richard Jefferson and Devin Harris podcast that he did while he was still a Maverick. Yeah. And then got traded. To the Nuggets. <laughs> to the Nuggets. It was a weird trade. It was, um, it was kind of bittersweet to see Emmanuel Mudiay get traded. Although I think Mudiay's probably the player he's going to be the rest of his career. Right now, you know. Yeah, I mean, you can only hope and wish and dream so much. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know? Well, you, do okay. Uh, let me throw this out at you. Do you remember when he was drafted? Uh, you were there. That was the last thing. That was the last draft you covered. Kings took Willie Cauley
0: Stein. I freaked out.
1: Yeah, and then we were all sitting there, and that was the Ty Lawson draft where he had the hookah. Harrison Wend, getting <laughs> the hookah, smoke. getting the hookah, and completely destroyed a couple of trades that the Nuggets were attempting to pull off at that time. But <laughs> um, we were all like thrilled that he dropped to the Nuggets. I remember you and I did a podcast with uh, with uh, Tim Connolly shortly before the draft. And he was. We were all talking about possibilities, and we we're like, "Nah, you know the Knicks are going to obviously take Moutier." You know that's what we were thinking. And then he dropped to the Nuggets at at seven, and we're like, "Wow, the Nuggets really lucked out." I all remember right? we
0: needed like <clears throat> we needed a couple of players to sneak into that top seven, yep. and Porzingis was the first one, yep. who was the wild card of the entire draft. And then Willie Cauley Stein Willie was Stein. Uh, the next one
1: taken by the by the Kings. Yeah. And that was, the Nuggets were just very fortunate, and we thought, and he just didn't pan out. Some players are like that. I mean, I I, I guess with the Nuggets, you can't, I don't think they can blame development, uh, anything, Nuggets issues, any development issues with that, because they gave him. Every they handed him the keys to the kingdom. His first game with the Nuggets the was amazing. The, that Rockets oh, the game, Rockets game he had yeah, a stiff's night out for it. it he was had, what twenty three points, or something like that? It was just it just
0: was, went off in the fourth quarter, basically yeah. won the game for him. Oh, it was like probably the best game of his career. And now the and Nuggets' that was his first game, the Nuggets can't even sniff the Rockets' jock anymore. You know, yeah,
1: imagine that. That's the that's the that's the season. I think the Nuggets beat them all three times. Too. If the
0: Nuggets wind up as the seventh or the eighth seed and have to play Houston. I am just gonna cry. Because that—that's kind of how it's been. That's how it was when the Nuggets were with George Carl, right? They'd always get like the eighth seed or the seventh seed, and they'd be playing the Timberwolves, Timberwolves. who were the best team in the league with Garnett, Cassell, yep, and whoever. Yep. Who else did they have? Spreewell. Spreewell. They beat the Nuggets. Yep. They played the Spurs twice. Spurs twice. Um, the, the the one season with the Clippers was. The Clippers that won. Was the the Clippers own the Nuggets all season yeah. now, and the and Clippers they tanked to, tanked the to play the Nuggets. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then the next year was the Lakers or the no the Spurs again. So it was Timberwolves, Spurs, um, Spurs. You see Timberwolves, Spurs, Clippers, Spurs, Lakers. Lakers were in there a couple times, right? Um, in the first round,
0: Thunder were in there. And then
1: the next year, the Nuggets were the second seed, and they played the New Orleans Hornets.
0: Yeah, they finally got so the they got to the high enough to
1: where yeah. they could play a lesser opponent. Isn't and, it funny?
0: Like looking back and thinking when the Nuggets were the two seed and they're playing the Pelicans, like oh, they're going to clean these guys as clocks. Yeah. And then when the Nuggets were the eighth seed playing like the Timberwolves, were like, there might be a fighting chance. Might be a, and they, they,
1: they managed to sneak a game too.
0: And I'm sure Timberwolves fans were like, yeah, we're going to kick their ass. No, yeah, of course <laughs> and they
1: got no chance. Of course. And and, and and this is one of those hope, baby. This is one it's of all those, about hope. This is one of those things where you like. You hope that the Nuggets get to at least the sixth seed, right? You hope that the, the, the lowest they go is the sixth seed. Because, A, if they, meet the, if they miss the playoffs, it's going to be a friggin' disaster around here. And I would hate to see the fallout of, of, of what's going on. It's, if still, it's hard
0: to imagine with their schedule the way it's going to be set up the rest of the way them missing the playoffs well it's hard to but it could happen
1: the, you know they have that seven game road trip and most of the po- opponents they play are, are not that good
0: they got to focus in on that road trip yep
1: that's going to be the key the, the, the huge part is going to be that road trip because it's coming up too i think in a couple weeks maybe a week and a half so that is going to be the key spot because from there the nuggets really got a Improve that, which you were just saying before we started the podcast. The road nuggets road record is nine and 19.
0: Yeah, the next closest team that resembles them, the Phoenix Suns, at nine and 21. All right, that, that, and they're that the is the worst escrocious. team in the Western Conference. Yes, as Will Barton said, they should send that whole team to the G League. <laughs> Troy Daniels was not happy with that, but was not. damn it, it was true.
1: He was not. <laughs> a faithful listener of the road, road tripping. If you,
0: if, yeah, if, if you guys have listened to that. Famous podcast with Jefferson, uh, Plum Dog Millionaire, Gary Harris, and Barton. That's how great, players only night should be yes. when you watch these games. How those guys talked is how players only game should be.
1: That was a fantastic podcast it because they were honest.
0: Barton didn't seem to give a shit about what he was no, saying. And, and it's then, cool. And then, uh, well, he did care, but he just talked open and honestly. Like he and said then
1: and the, what did Richard Jefferson say about uh, Kenneth Fareed that he was in prison? Yeah, he's still in prison.
0: I can't believe the Nuggets are just allowing Fareed's career just to melt away on the bench. It's, it's like all his career is about is athleticism, and the Nuggets have taken that from them this year. He's just he can't I mean, Where are So they here gonna... now you're a year older and less athletic.
1: And no, it's like where are they going to play him too? It's like you got you have to get rid. Just t- take a, a, a take a conditional second rounder.
0: Not having Kevin, <laughs> not having Ken Farid as an active member in the NBA has made it slightly less fun for everybody. Because he is good for some awesome highlights. Oh, yes, he'll also give up some awesome highlights.
1: No, he has. He is actually. He is actually a, um, very. I mean, I I, I wouldn't call him, you know, great, but he's a very entertaining player, and the fl- fans love him.
0: I also give him major credit because when I watch the games and I'll look on the bench after like big plays and stuff, he's mm-hmm. always up cheering, and like you know, yeah. for his guys still, which is like, he's got to just be miserable with the situation.
1: Well, he's got, he's got friends, you know, in low places. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> uh, he's got friends in, in, the,
0: on the team. And it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to watch, but I just can't wait till he gets traded. And then like all the teammates post Instagrams about like, good luck, man. Oh, you're my like, boy. Like after, after er- everyone after, gets after after was traded, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I thought it was interesting too that um it, it basically sounds like the locker room hasn't changed since basically Carmelo got traded. Yeah. Like it's still like Jefferson still says it's so quiet and you know, these guys are so still like professional and young and you know it's Jeme- not crazy. It's not like that shitty Nate Robinson locker room, oh, you know, like the God. music and the just random cussing and dropping end bombs for no reason. That was
1: that was a towards the end, that was the most miserable place i had ever seen (laughs) yeah they were no one was happy no one um but i i think that it's like i mean remember um yusuf nurkic when he was traded
0: who's yusuf nurkic
1: He's this guy Mm. lives in the pacific northwest (laughs) um he he got a bunch of uh you know Love from the team when he, uh, from the teammates when he was traded, even though he was behaving like shit. And then that they played that la, that the only game they played against Portland was that one that was towards the end of the year, which basically cost the Nuggets playoffs when they go up to Portland. And that's the one where Tim Conley told us he that he um, walked back to the hotel room in the rain because he was so upset. Said that on I was surprised he said that on record, but. It was He was so upset that he did that, but that was the game where all the players were going up and wishing him well after the game and, like, loving to see him. And it makes you wonder, like, how these relationships with these players, I mean, they don't have the ill feeling that we do as fans. You know, they look at it completely differently than we
0: do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and it's it's funny because, I mean, sometimes you'll have coworkers that are, like, pieces of shit, and you're like man, that guy's a good dude, but he sucks at his job and he's really screwing all of us over. And then, I mean, that's how I would have looked at that situation and the, the players didn't seem to think that way at all. I mean, they're like, "Hey, yeah, you had to do what you had to do, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, you got you to do what you got to do.
1: Exactly. And I, we are, I, like with Moutier, he got a bunch of guys were wishing him well when he left. I mean, he wasn't behaving like Yerk, Nurkic was. I'm really surprised that Denver couldn't get a second rounder for freed.
0: You know, I mean his too. contract is pretty shitty and everybody's really wary about taking on bad. the money.
1: It's only twelve million a year. I mean I mean only twelve million a year, but uh yeah. relatively
0: speaking. But
1: compared to other contracts, if he was an expiring surprised.
0: contract, I think they could have got it. Well, I believe next year's his last year, right? Yeah. So, so God, I hope they trade him this summer because like I said, it just it sucks for him, a guy that depends on athleticism to enhance his game and then He's basically shelved for a season and loses.
1: Well, the Nuggets got a clear space because they got that big Jokic signing coming up.
0: Oh, he's not even going to take the max though. They'll get him less than the max. He's a team player. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's coming. You know that that part's coming. The Nuggets are going to try to. low. I mean, that's how negotiations work. You lowball, they'll go real high, and
1: then they'll just if end up I'm, him the max if, I'm anyway. no, if I'm Jokic's people, I mean like. You know,
0: back that dump truck full of (laughs) money. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's the the Steve Nash equation, right? Like, he made everybody else rich, so he's got to be rich too. Yep. How stupid would the Nuggets have looked if they would have made that Gary Harris for Kevin Love trade?
1: Well, considering that Love is hurt right now, yeah. And you got Millsap for free. And who would they have had behind Gary Harris? Who would have played there? Will Barton?
0: Probably Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray,
1: that too. And, and they, they would have, have
0: started Moutier. Started Moutier, which would
1: have been a terrible team.
0: <laughs> I mean, in I mean, hindsight. How, how different would that team be?
1: In hindsight, you're looking at that
0: thinking, oh, my God, that would have been bad. Moutier, Murray, Chandler, mm-hmm. Love, Jokic. Not as exciting. And that would be not
1: as exciting. Well, I mean, to be fair, Gary Harris has, keeps getting better. Well, he he keeps getting better at what his specifically he does. As I spit all over the living room,
0: but he also keeps like trying new things, yeah. which I still like. You yeah, know? he's still trying to expand his role in his game. He's improving,
1: and it's you always want to keep the people who improve, and I think that I think that when you look at Gary Harris, you think baller he is good he's perfect for what the nuggets do and that's irreplaceable right because you need someone who can play that well off of Jokic. you need someone like that who can fill that role i don't know necessarily that gary harris would achieve the same thing at another location he has really by far more than anyone on this team benefited from that relationship with nikola Jokic, and i think Jokic has benefited from gary harris too oh yeah I think that it's a mutually um, beneficial relationship, and I think when you remove that equation, what do you have? You know, what do you have with the Jok- Jokic, and what do you have with Gary Harris? Jokic would find still find some people, and he'd still have impressive stats, but would they be as impressive without Gary Harris, who so, is the cutter and the shooting? You know,
0: and that's like my favorite argument about basketball of all time is just like who's the greatest player, and it's like there's so much that like that factors into that, Mm -hmm. you know, your teammates and your situation, your coach, the ownership, this and that. Like, it's not, to me, basketball, and you're trying to rank the greatest player of all time, like, it's just almost impossible because you have to consider so many variables, you know, when you're trying to figure out, any list like that, it's like, well, yeah, he's good, but would he have been that good without this guy? Or, well, he had this guy, you know, like, like Kobe. Oh, Kobe is the greatest of all time. Yeah, but he had Shaq, and then he had, you know, didn't win shit without Shaq, and then got Pau Gasol, and then started winning again.
1: Michael Jordan never won a championship without Scottie Pippen. Right.
0: And Pippen and, never won a title without Jordan.
1: No, but Pippen did get to the Western Conference Finals with the Blazers. Yeah. And Jordan never sniffed it again. He, we remember he went to the uh, the, 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 the Bullets. Or the wizards. I mean, he was. The that, was at that, a, that was just yeah. a circus, though. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't that was like it was it two years? And it was <laughs> just, yeah, but it was like he, Pippin and Jordan had that relationship, and they made each other better. Yeah, the presence of each other made on each other. You know, you really. But that's the power. That's the power of that kind of relationship. That's why usually it's the it's the. I was talking to uh, the guy who wrote uh, Tall Tales and Short Shorts, um, the yeah. podcast I did a couple couple uh, weeks ago. I said there's always the rule of 3 in the NBA and it has always applied. You need 3 guys because there's only 5 guys on the court. You got 3 guys like that. You uh have gone like 75 to 80% of the way to making yourself a contending team.
0: See that's where I felt like with with the Nuggets like when Chandler was playing poorly, it was like they had four guys. Yeah. You know, and then it's like they just need that one position to just start playing better. And then it it started and then the team started playing better. Uh, And then I got to say, man, I, I think Will Barton has been pretty, I don't know, like almost I've been surprised by how well he's played this season. Like he's still doing a lot of Barton stuff, you know, but I mean, he's really, when you look at his career of being, you know, he's like the best case scenario for Moutier, right? Like, Barton is this forgotten guy in Portland? Doesn't get a chance to ever play, and then resurrects his career here to where is he a free agent this summer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. one more year. No, I think it is this year. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so we're talking about contract here. So yeah. then, then it's like, you know, are they going to bring him back? And just, like, is he the full time three here now? Are they going to re-sign him and bring him back in? I mean, he's he's been. Very integral to what they do. And then he's also, you know, a guy that can handle the ball. The only thing that really still makes me mad about his game is like when he'll be at the top of the key and then pass out to Jokic on like the right wing, like above the three point line, he's yeah. like the only guy that refuses to cut. Yeah. He just stands there. Yeah. And then it's like, dude, like move, move, like everyone else is doing. And the offense starts moving. But, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you that. Know, like I, that's like, there's still some Barton stuff. He still likes the ISO. He's still a, but, I mean, he's been very good for this team. My
1: view of Barton is that. 70% of the you no know, maybe 65% of the time he's Jamal Crawford. The other 35% he's Jordan Crawford. <laughs> yeah. So you have to take the good with the bad with him. Because it's the, in part of it's part of the entire package. And I am not a huge fan of his game mostly because within in the context of this offense yes, you do need guys who can iso. You really do. Uh the Nuggets playing the, the the Rockets. Everyone saw James Harden isoing and, and getting his, and basically stopping Nuggets runs because of it. Um, you could see that. So you guys you need guys who can do it. But there is James Harden, and then there is um, Will Barton. And I think Will Barton is great up to a point, but then some other times it can be really damaging to what you are trying to do. Yeah,
0: if he's trying to do like you've, you've always said, if he's your leading scorer. Yep you probably lost that game. But I mean there's with with any team, right? Like look at any team you can ever think of, there's always those imperfect players where you're like, "Oh man, if they could just upgrade that position or if that guy would just buy in a little bit more." You know, and that's how I feel with Barton a lot. It's yeah. like, "Man, if he would just buy into a little bit more of the team concept, like yeah. he would be perfect, but that's who he is." And that's, you know, kind of he's always going to be a little imperfect but he also does some things that the team needs and does some things that hurt the team, right? Like, it's it's funny.
1: He does. And I, I, it's,
0: but every team has a
1: guy like that. Right,
0: every team. And even even like Gary Harris, like, you'll be watching him play, and he'll try to do just a little bit too much, and it doesn't work, and you're like, okay. And then he gets back to what works, and it's like, okay, there he goes.
1: I will tell you, against the Rockets, when Gary Harris is off, he is way Mm -hmm. off. Yeah, and that sometimes was, he can get out of it. That was that was something that I remembered about Gary is like sometimes he will just miss every shot he takes, and they all end up being three point shots.
0: Yeah, and with his game too, it's it's it, his game seems very mental to me. To where if his confidence is going, he's yeah. going, and if yeah. his confidence gets shook or thrown off, or if he's like there was something in that Rockets game where the Nuggets. And Scott and Chris Marlowe kept pointing it out, you know, that they just were trying to do something different, like trying to play a certain way against the Rockets, yeah. and it just doesn't work. It's like do what you do to be successful, and it's like like you watch Jokic against the Spurs, and they can't hold, like they can't do anything against him. He just dominates the Spurs. You know, it's very bizarre.
1: Well, you know what the Nuggets and and this is something that uh, this will lead me into a hot take that I have, but and then Clint Capella just destroys. <laughs> Whatever the Nuggets, what the Nuggets, the Nuggets adjusted in that Rockets game, and they put Wilson on uh, Clint Capella, and they had uh, I forget who was uh, PJ Tucker was guarding. Uh, ended up Jokic ended up guarding uh, PJ Tucker, so it actually opened him up a bit. The Nuggets excelled when they just went to Jokic more, and for whatever bizarre reason, they get sucked into playing, trying to play like the Rockets. <laughs> yeah, every time they play the Rockets, and I don't know why. But they just do, and I saw the Nuggets really excelling and doing well when they when they had Plumlee out there just causing causing shit on on defense uh, for that stretch in the second quarter. But mostly it was Jokic, and they went to him in the post repeatedly, over and over and over. The Rockets couldn't stop him, and he kept drawing foul after foul after foul, and then but the Nuggets would just kind of just. Go away from it. And they would start chucking threes. Yeah. And it bugged the crap out of me. <laughs> why do that? I mean, just you, you know what your offense is. You know you have to go through your best player. Why go away from your best player? It's strange. It's I, strange. I don't know why they do that. But my hot take is I cannot stand the way James Harden plays.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't I, like watching James Harden. It, it, it bugs me. And I can't remove It's, it's almost like when you're playing... Somebody in a video game and they figured out like a glitch in the game, you know, and they're like, they keep doing the same thing, and you're just like, stop doing that. Like, just play like actual basketball. Yeah. And they're like, nope, I'm going to keep drawing these stupid ticky tack (laughs) fouls. I don't know, dude. I I know James Harden is very good at basketball, one of the best players. You know, maybe one of the best, one of the best top five players in the NBA right now, if not top two. Or he's whatever. the MVP. He's great. He is the MVP of the league this
1: year. You cannot take that away from him. He has been very, very good. It is just ugly to watch a stretch where he he does his act with the foul drawing, <laughs> and it just grinds
0: the game to a complete halt. And, I mean, we had Gallinari here that you used to did do the that. the same goddamn thing. Jokic does it from time to time, yep. trying to draw fouls. And it's like, dude, just make the basket. Just come on. What just, are you doing?
1: And it and it bugs me. And I, I, I can't remove, and this is something, since this is the Colorado sports guys, I'll tell you this. I can't remove the fact that I'm a Nuggets fan. So my bias is towards the Nuggets. I am not an all-league guy. I am a Nuggets fan. All right? So when I make my opinions on whatever venue I make them on. It's because it's coming through the prism of someone who covers the Nuggets and and has been a Nuggets fan for most of his life. What I saw in that game against Utah, or excuse me, against Utah, against the the, the Rockets was an exercise in officials getting caught up in what Harden does. And it just grew and grew. Particularly in that second quarter, it just became some of the most unwatchable. It was almost as bad as a team that's missing a whole bunch of threes but still takes all of them. And you say they they have a night where they're three of 30 or something like that. And it's like, why are you doing this? That's exactly my point. And I couldn't get to it, and it just bugged the crap out of me. And I'm not going to come off of that opinion no matter how good James Harden is.
0: I don't quite understand how... Uh... I don't quite understand how this attendance thing is working. So I, my thing is people say, oh, you don't like James Harden. You don't like to watch basketball or something, you know. And it's like, well, guess what? The Rockets aren't leading the NBA in attendance. You watch their games, there's empty seats all over the damn place. This is true. Right now in 2018, the Rockets have played 30, 30 games, 15th in attendance. Wow. Best team in the league, arguably. I'm surprised it's that low. Middle of the pack. And you look. At number one is the Bulls, which makes no sense. Three is the 76ers, which is crazy. Uh, what are the Nuggets now? 20th.
1: Now that's better than 30th.
0: It's better than the Clippers, the Timberwolves, <laughs> the Suns, Hornets, Bucks, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Pacers, Nets, Hawks. But, I mean, that, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously there's other factors that go into Houston not drawing well. But I, I can't get over the fact that whenever I watch the Rockets at home, you look in the stands and they're like maybe half full. It's weird. It's it like, where strange. the hell are all their fans? Them in Miami. Miami, it's like, it's always empty there, it seems like. Yeah. It was only full when LeBron was there. Maybe I need to go to a Rockets game to actually experience if the fans actually like it. And I was really surprised, too, that Chris Paul fit in there so well. I thought that was going to be a disaster. Yeah, me too. But he's really tailored his game to what Harden and that team Well, he's bought so. into what Mike
1: D'Antoni is is selling. And that's that's, we're going to take 75% of our shots are going to be threes and all of your actions are going to be so we can get an open 3. It's all that's and and if he's buying into that that is a, he's a good guy to orchestrate that. He's a good orchestrator. So they have the perfect guy to orchestrate that offense to get him to where they need to go on this and they let James Harden do what James Harden does.
0: Yeah. Was George Carl the coach of the Nuggets before Mike D'Antoni was the coach of the Suns? Who came first? Or were they about I think the same? They came. No, D'Antoni was first. See there a little bit. I just remember yeah. like 2004.
1: D'Antoni became coach. 2006 and 2005. Five is when. Oh. Uh, wait, yeah, 2005.
0: I just know just January from, of
1: 2005, and they the Nuggets went on that 34 and 19 or something, 34 and
0: nine stretch to finish. 32 the, and eight. 32 and eight. Yeah. yeah. I remember, like, everybody credits D'Antoni for revolutionizing the NBA and changing the game and stuff. And it's like, dude, ever since Carl got here, he preached three things. Three-pointers, free throws, and fast breaks, yep. layups. You know? And it's like, yes, the style wasn't definitely the same, but Jesus, the Nuggets never had shooting when Carl was here. We were signing Yakuba DiOwaro <laughs> to be our 3&D guy. <laughs> we signed Wesley Person <laughs> off the fricking bus bench to come in and play. I mean, think of think of the Nuggets teams of the past and three point shooting, and then think of this team right now today. This is probably the best shooting Nuggets team in team history. You could be you could be right there, and then, and then Nuggets aren't
1: a great shooting team. You know, Jamal Murray can shoot a lot better than he does. Um, even Gary Harris has his moments, like we were pointing out, where he goes over oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, the Nuggets could be better. Um, but you're
0: right. You could argue that.
1: I think they not even argue. I mean, you
0: got, think of it, Jokic. You got Jokic, Millsap, Barton, Harris, Murray. I mean, all these guys. Chandler. All these guys can shoot. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And when you look at those, like, think of a Kenyon, Martin, Carmelo, Anthony Nuggets team. You had, like, Carmelo. Billups could shoot. J.R. Smith. Yeah, who else? You know, you kind of start struggling after this. Yeah, three. that that was. Sean Leonard. Bashan. No. Sean <laughs> Leonard. Well, no, no, no Sean Leonard. I'm, I'm confusing him with Anthony Carter. You know, Anthony Carter couldn't shoot. Sean Leonard. Sean Leonard nights. could
1: could shoot, but he would shoot in streaks. <laughs> yeah, he would. He would be the hottest guy on the court, and then he'd have three games where he couldn't hit hit the side of the backboard. Uh,
0: I wouldn't trust Costa Koufos to shoot a layup. No. Not uh, Ma- We wouldn't shoot, trust Mozgov to shoot. Gallo <laughs> Mazgov. Mazgov could, could shoot a little bit, but not Gallo really. could
1: shoot, but uh, Gallo was actually, last year he shot, I think he was almost 40% on threes. Gallo was
0: super streaky. And he was really streaky. Um, I mean, just all, like, I remember all the time, like, I mean, the Nuggets went and got uh, Ruben Patterson to try to be a defender and a shooter, right? I mean, they just, there's a... You, Think of all these guys that they cycled through trying to get shooting on those teams with Carmelo, and they just could never find anyone. J.R. Smith was probably about the best he they He was did. the
1: best shooter that Melo played with, yeah. Two
0: second-round picks, and Howard Isley to the Bulls for J.R.
1: That's a good trade.
0: <laughs> you know, He got traded trade from like trade. the Hornets to the Bulls for nothing, and then came to Denver for nothing. That's Smith That's trade? a work special. And the J.R. Smith trade. Aaron Aflalo, I guess, they went and got. He could shoot a little bit. Right? J.R. Smith.
1: Aflalo and, uh, by far, the Billups trade the three best trades that Borkentine ever made. Is Aflalo still in the league? Somewhere, Yeah, he's right? in Orlando. He, he went, went back, back to Orlando. To Orlando. <laughs> yeah. So he's, uh, he's back in Orlando with, uh, with old uh, Evan Fournier, the guy he was traded for. Yeah. Man. So. I'll
0: tell you what, though, man. Watching uh, the guy you are referencing there, Jamal Murray... I We texted about this a couple weeks ago, too. I, I think Jamal Murray's best aspect right now is his ability to drive to the rim. Yeah.
1: And he creates for himself, I think, better than everyone except for maybe Millsap.
0: And he's got a little bit of that Chris Paul mid-range game to him that he's trying to figure out, you know, that mm-hmm. around the free-throw line, hitting those little jumpers, which will be paid dividends in the playoffs at that, some point.
1: That's something that... Uh, um... Moutier tried and could never do.
0: Yeah. You notice that? He loved to try those. And Murray does it differently. Moudier did all fadeaways from around those areas. He would fade.
1: I mean, he fade, he, Moutier would fade on layups.
0: And Murray's a lot more, yeah, a lot more straight up and down, just yeah. taking jumpers. But I, I I really like watching him. His his three-point shot doesn't look as pretty as it did to me when he was at Kentucky so far. Like, just his actual stroke, it looks a little wonky for some reason. Maybe it's the exact same, and I just didn't watch him that yeah, much.
1: It, it, it's... It's interesting because he can go on, like he's another guy who can just goes on unbelievable streaks.
0: And he's also more of a Steph Curry guy where his body is rarely in the same motion on threes. Yeah. You know, he, has a, he shoots a lot of threes where he's moving to his left, moving to his right, and he's obviously a lot better when he, you know, catch and shoot situations where he's just, you know, already has his feet set. Yes. And but I think, he does like, you know, he does like that movement on his threes. He's not afraid to shoot off balance. Yeah. I
1: mean, he likes to create for himself he can do the catch and shoot but he does enjoy creating for himself um and actually he's become a much better passer his passing's improved um that that lob dunk or it wasn't a lob dunk but that pass to uh mason plumley to finish off the spurs um that was a great pass that was a great pocket pass um he's getting a lot better at those pocket passes which you really need to do if you're going to be a point guard in this league
0: his passing's picked up another thing that people you know banged on him about was not having a quick first step and not being able to Mm -hmm. get separation from guys that seems to be happening now Mm -hmm. um how much of that was related to those sports probably a lot i don't know and then you look at his defense his defense has been you know we're thinking that this guy was going to be a negative defender and he's You know, not a great defender, but he's if he's average, which I think, you know, sometimes he's above average, sometimes he's below average, but he hovers around that average mark, in my opinion, and that's huge because, you know, when you had Jameer Nelson and Moody getting blown by every play, you weren't getting much out of your defense, and still Murray does those, you know, that stupid hopping and just pushing a guy a certain way and, you know, getting off track on defense, but... Overall, to me, it's better than I thought it was going to be.
1: Well, you and I have had several podcasts where we've talked about Murray and his role and what he what he means. I still think he is the he's the guy that will take the Nuggets from where they are now to where they could be. And he is the guy that could move them into a, a better upper place because we know who Jokic is going to be. And I'm not saying he's not going to get better, but we said we, we know, we have identified where Jokic is going to be. With Murray, I mean, honestly, he's that guy who has that potential of being a Damian Lillard part and guy, you know, that kind of that kind of player. That he has that potential. He is the guy that's going to take the Nuggets from where they're at right now, which is battling for anywhere from eight to three, <laughs> yeah. to maybe a little higher if he develops the
0: way that we think and hope and wish and pray that he he will. And if the Nuggets would have drafted Kyle Kuzma, they'd be sitting very pretty for a, a very bright future. Yeah. <laughs> Good
1: God! Get <laughs> that? Are we going to look gonna back on that run. draft and think? <laughs> Kuzma is, is that the is that draft the Nadir of the uh, of the uh, of the Connolly era?
0: So when Denver traded back, could they have still taken Kuzma? Yeah. Right, he still went later than yeah. uh, <laughs> Tyler Lydon. Yep. Is that his name? Tyler Lydon. Tyler Lydon? He'll be playing for the Red Claws at some point. And then he got injured. I mean, it's like... It, <gasps> He's it, hurt? Yeah. What, did he fall off the bench? I forget. I think he did something in his knee. Well, probably carrying bags, came off the bus, <laughs> twisted it.
1: <It's laughs> playing somewhere up there in the, in the Sioux Falls. But I, I I, think that that was... That's one of those drafts where you're like, oh. And someone uh-huh. was telling me that, that uh, they're going to look at that. Nuggets fans are going to look at that as another Ray LaFrance
0: moment. I mean, were the Nuggets like in Europe somewhere? Well, Kuzma was in Utah, and they're like, do we need to send the guy to Utah?
1: Nah. People look at the Donovan Mitchell thing, and it's like <laughs> Mitchell. I don't give a shit about Mitchell. Mitchell couldn't shoot at Louisville. He couldn't shoot. He just he didn't have a good jumper. It he there was. Well, I, I mean, we got Jamal Murray, and you have Jamal Murray. And Where you have would Gary he play? Harris.
0: Like, I don't care about Mitchell. I care about Kuzma. Kuzma's and I, and I the one I care about OG as well.
1: If you're going to bag on this draft, it's Kyle Kuzma. That's the one that you should be like, oh, shit, they missed on that.
0: Just to be a total jerk, I'll do my impersonation of what the front office was maybe milling around in their head while the draft was going on. They're like, all right, so Gallinari's leaving for sure. Chandler's pretty good off the bench. Man, we really need a three. Wancho might be able to do it, man. If we just had a three, uh, let's draft that power forward out of Syracuse. <laughs> Fuck, dude! You needed, you need wings. Wings are going extinct in the NBA. Like you have, like there's a premium on guys that are between six seven and six nine that can play. And you pass up OG, you pass up Kuzma. Come on, what oh, are you man. thinking?
1: I mean, and well, it, 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 OG was drafted by. The uh, the the Toronto uh, I was going to say Blue Jays Toronto Raptors um, right before the Nuggets picked.
0: But if you don't make that trade, then you don't get Trey Lyles, I guess. So then you just have OG and no Lyles. Well, the trade was Kuzma. done.
1: The trade was done to get Lyles because they like Lyles. And they I like Lyles. Gam- they, and I, I thought it was a I'm,
0: stupid trade. I was like, Trey Lyle's sucks. Now I'm like, I don't know shit about basketball. Well,
1: I mean, obviously they saw identified something in Trey Lyle's that we had been missing, and I, I think that's great to then, to their credit. But that's honestly not the point, because Trey Lyle's is not going to be a star. Kyle Kuzma may be a star. <sighs> yeah, maybe.
0: I mean, do you still have hope for Wancho? Is there still hope for Wancho, or is he toast? <sighs>
1: It's hard with Wancho because he got mono, and mono can knock you out for six months. And the hard,
0: that. the hardest part for him is going to be trying to get back into this rotation as a small forward next year. Yep. When the team is doing really well, they don't. You know, if they start ascending, they're not going to have a lot of time to try to be like, "All right, Wancho, go play 30. Oh, you were a minus twelve. Yeah. Okay, let's do it again tomorrow. No, you're now on the bench. We're going with a better option because this team is ready to chase fifty wins. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, it's going to yeah. be tough with him. It's you can't.
1: You can't look at this and think it is, there's two separate parts of this trade. They got Trey Lyles, great. You you drafted Tyler Lydon, who never played and got injured, and meanwhile you see Kyle Kuzma, who's tearing it up in L.A. Oh, he has a lot of opportunity to tear it up in L.A.
0: Well, some of that could be you good know. stats, bad team. Right? Yeah,
1: it's a, he has a lot of opportunity there. So maybe we're being a little too hard on him. But the the weird thing is, and I, I think we've both. Uh, you can see you weren't there, Nate, but the, most of the people who were at the in the draft room, not the draft room, but in, at the Pepsi Center when this was going on, the vibe was really weird in that draft. And I've never been able to really put my finger on it, but it was just strange. And I think that the Nuggets tried a bunch of different trades. We know that, you know, of course the Gary Harris and the, uh, uh, Kevin Love one. We know that they, there was attempts made. But the miss on, I think, and I think you can call it a miss at this point, on Kyle Kuzma, I think is going to be the one that
0: the Nuggets regret. Yeah. Well, we're black. Kuzma! <laughs> Kuzma's going to be my white whale for like 10 years. See, uh,
1: people are I'm so obsessed. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is what bugs me. People are so obsessed with Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, Donovan Mitchell breathes, and people, and Nuggets fans, self-loathing Nuggets fans, almost like harp on it. I don't have a twinge of regret about Mitchell at I all. I don't either. He wouldn't have played. Yeah, The Nuggets have Gary Harris
0: and Jamal Murray and Will Barton. <laughs> and you can't have a star off the bench for very long. You know? No. Like, what do you do? Then just trade Murray? Yeah, no, I don't want to trade I Murray. At, I love Murray. I want to hug him.
1: I mean, do you have the guy who is perfect with Nikola Jokic, and we were just talking about it, and... Uh, um, in uh, Gary Harris, you got Jamal Murray, who is developing and is taking a leap this next this second season above what his rookie year. You got but Will Barton, who is you know already there. You know what Will Barton is. Um, you have a situation where the Moutier was the only th- question there. But Mitchell, I guess Mitchell could have stuck in, snuck in as a point guard, but that wasn't the point. That wasn't the Nugget situation at the beginning of the year. They still had Jameer
0: Nelson on the roster when they drafted. They made that draft. And then the other thing you look at too, it's like okay, and we talked about this a lot too, is you know Mitchell's a somewhat of a ball dominant point guard, right? Yeah. yeah. The Nuggets need more of what Jamal Murray is, which is a shooter and a cutter. And, Yo- like, Jokic is the point guard, right? Like, that's the whole thing with Denver. So you don't really want a ball-dominant point guard.
1: Mitchell found the perfect situation for him. Yeah, perfect. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's not an offense based on a lot of ball movement. They're a slow-it-down half-court team. It's perfect for him. Yeah. The Nuggets needed something else. The Nuggets needed a Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma! <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Kuzma on this team.
0: Kuz! They'd be amazing, dude. <laughs> I mean, How you know excited sucks. people would be. I mean, that's just the thing: is the Nuggets just don't have that, you know, youth at small forward that, yeah. that they could have. So, and I like to harp on two youths. <laughs> what a youthiana! Two youths. Did you say <laughs> a youths? Ah, oh, it's that's that's tough. A, that's
1: an old reference for you people who uh, have never seen movies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> old my cousin Vinny, Ralph Macchio, trying to make his comeback. Yes, you know. seen his comeback movie didn't didn't take. Didn't didn't take. No. Much like Emmanuel Moutier's time in Denver, just didn't take it. <laughs> didn't quite take hold. It, it was now he's a star in New York, so he's good. Yeah, Nick's got a lot of point guards and a shitty coach.
1: Uh, Frank. Every like... time
0: I see Hornacek, I just think of Feinstein talking about how boring he is.
1: Andy <laughs> Feinstein, our friend, yes, boring. He said that, that he was extremely had no personality, is what he said. Yeah, That's sorry,
0: Andy, <laughs> throwing you under the bus for uh, Jeff Hornacek. Like, but <laughs> but yeah, come games. on, you don't care.
1: Um, it is it is a. You know it's weird because Frank Ntilikina I think is going to be pretty good, and so is Kristaps Porzingis. Both of those are Phil Jackson <laughs> draft picks. <laughs> it's like maybe. Holy shit! Well, are they? Who was who was supposed to be uh, the guy making those picks? Steve it? Cook. Yeah, So his like name. That.
0: Yeah, <laughs> That's funny. Fun uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the Nuggets are pretty fun though. I think, however, this uh, season shakes out, it'll be good. You know, no matter what happens, even if, they eh, have to play, fine. even if they have to play the Warriors in the playoffs or the Rockets. I just don't want to see the Rockets in the playoffs. The
1: Nuggets had missed the playoffs for four straight seasons. Be
0: happy if they make it into the playoffs, people. Yeah. But it sucks like if you like there's going to be some team that is going to make like the like the sixth seed or the fifth seed that's going to go a couple of rounds. And it's like because they might have it a little easier. Right. Like if you're playing a four five matchup in this Western Conference right now. Either one could win. So now you're in the second round. And that's really what is going to start getting people excited. Nuggets make the playoffs, certain level of excitement. Nuggets win a playoff series, boom. That's big-time excitement. Mm-hmm. And it's all going to depend on how these seeds shake out. Yes. Nuggets beat the Spurs in the playoffs? If Kawhi comes back?
1: Um, no, not if Kawhi comes back. I think they'd have a fighting chance. Really?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it depends on how injured Kawhi is. Spurs I don't am. scare me. I think that uh, just I I hate playing a Popovich team. I hate, that that you, the you reason got, you know that you know that little you know, fourth quarter thing where they they got all those fouls on the on the Nuggets. Yeah, and it was just it was because it was ridiculous. They were Popoviched. The refs were like got Popoviched is what happened. Yeah, and and that's what I worry about with the with the Spurs. But I
0: like the matchup know. that Millsap would present against Aldridge. I like that Chandler would be able to guard. Leonard, to a degree. A little bit, yeah. Would Barton be able to guard Kawhi Leonard? God, no. No, no, no. That's going to be tough. So, I mean, that one's interesting. The Pelicans would be pretty interesting. I think the Nuggets
1: could handle the Pelicans, yes.
0: I think they'd beat the Pelicans. Yeah. You know, you throw different looks at Anthony Davis, you win that series. Uh, the Timberwolves, if they don't have Jimmy Butler, if they have Jimmy Butler with a bad meniscus, you know, you could get them. I, I, I don't know how good that's the Wolves are without Jimmy Butler. Is there any comparison anymore of Jokic and Towns, or is that just over? Is, uh, they still I mean, do
1: it. I, I, I still see it all is over the Towns, Twitter.
0: Towns is still a thing? Yeah. No, they, no,
1: Towns is a good player. Yeah, he's good.
0: Um, I just, he I've, doesn't I've, I've do watched... the same thing
1: that Jokic does.
0: So yeah, I've, I've, watched a, I've watched a few Wolves games and I haven't been that impressed with Towns. And well, I really uh, like yeah. Towns. I thought he was by far the number one pick at his draft. Though. Keep in like, mind, why are we so even this questioning
1: this Tom Thibodeau, like, walk the ball up the court, you know, Defense, like wear your guys out.
0: He ground. He finally ground Butler into dust. <laughs> to, <and> ground <laughs> his bones into paste. <laughs> he's, he's killed one guy. Who is he going to get next? It's either Towns or Wiggins is going down. <laughs> it's I don't like
1: know. The trail of, of torn ACLs with uh, with. Uh, Tom Thibodeau.
0: It's just funny to think that you know Millsap's going to be back, and it's. It, I'm very interested to see how different Denver is. You know, and their defense was not very good with Millsap right at the beginning of the year. No, it was better. It was. It was better. It was better. It was... They
1: were right middle of the pack. They were oh. like uh, 16, 17.
0: I mean, him. He's just going to be good for them. I have a good feeling about Millsap coming back. I have a bad feeling about Malone figuring out how to get the rotation set I don't, when he comes back. I mean,
1: back. he has, I and mean, this is something that everyone, every Nuggets fan knows, that he has some terrible instincts. Yeah. And it, it's he has a set, this pattern of having poor instincts. So that's <laughs> <laughs> that's why all
0: Nuggets fans should be like, oh, Everyone hates their coach. I mean, Popovich has had some shitty coaching times, right? Remember he took Duncan out in the fourth quarter of that time? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just it, it's funny. Um, who's the guy I was just thinking up? Oh, Drell Arthur. Drell Arthur comes in and plays uh, with Plumlee out. Still looks like he can play basketball. Still happy just to sit <laughs> on the bench. Greatest job in the league,
1: Luckiest man in basketball. (laughs) Yeah. Like I got eight million dollars just to just sit on the bench.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you know, he's happy in his role of being a bench warmer, freed, miserable. Yeah. Refuses to take off the hood. Haven't seen his hair in months. How old is Joel Arthur now? He's gotta be about thirty two, (laughs) right? I think he might still be in his twenties or maybe he's thirty. I don't know. It seems like he's he's been in the league forever. Well, yeah, because he came in after what? His
1: sophomore season in mean, Kansas or can something? Can you believe after Fareed and Chandler that
0: uh, Drell Arthur is the longest serving Nugget? <laughs> That's insane. Because this is his fifth season with the Nuggets. I still remember the comment sections on Stiff's arguing about the Costa Cufis Drell Arthur, Darrell Arthur <laughs> trade. <laughs> we almost had to turn the site off because of that. <laughs> I
1: remember that. Was that bad. was a thing. That was a thing.
0: Drell Arthur. 29 years old. Oh, my God. (laughs) He was, I remember, like, man, when he played for Memphis, when Memphis was kicking ass, like, and before he, I think, ruptured his Achilles tendon, this his injury. He was a high-flying muscle hamster. He was. He was at that 2013
1: team, or was it the the year before, 2012?
0: When they took out the Spurs, I think he was. Uh, That was 2011, wasn't
1: it? I don't remember. Yeah, I just remember he was
0: he was bad. He was bad, mamamama. Yeah, he was, and then yeah, he, he tore his Achilles. I think it was Darrell Arthur, and I can't remember who the other player was at the rookie synopsis before the draft. That got busted with marijuana, could have been, and Durrell. fell. No, it was Darrell, <laughs> and it was uh, Mario Chalmers. No, I don't think it was his no, teammate. No. I am gonna look it up real fast. Who did that?
1: Cause it was funny because it was it was. Uh, I do remember that he's out of Kansas, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what Kansas team was that? Who was one of his teammates? I think he was on a pretty, yeah, pretty good team. Yeah, it was Kansas Chalmers
0: team. and Arthur. Yeah, they won the title. They like won Kansas. the title that year. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Chalmers' shot. Yeah, it was, uh, wait, Chalmers, Arthur, and Beasley? Beasley was Kansas State. Well, no, they were all busted for Oh, yeah, 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 yeah easily find 50,000 for involvement in rookie transition program this is back in 2008 sources chalmers arthur caught with marijuana at rookie camp and now you got al harrington with a big old weed dispensary i know right <laughs> and then we got you know instagram posts
1: from uh wilson chandler saying that uh that uh he's gonna be the king, be the king of the
0: weed game and uh and that's and like man oh, man it's so funny uh, good times man good times great oldies these players cool 105 five. i mean i don't know joel Arthur's hilarious his king arthur tattoo is probably one of the funniest ones i've seen his entire back is tattooed with that big sword or no oh, that's right king arthur that's
1: right yeah i've seen some i mean nothing beats jamal nothing. murray have
0: any tattoos uh,
1: i don't know actually oh i can't think of any that he has jamal or... Jamal, get this. Is something about jamal jamal gets dressed really quickly yeah. Like, he's, like, one of the first guys to get dressed. Does he shower and everything, too? I think he does, but he's just in there, and he's, he, he gets his, his shit done fast. It's all business. Yeah. So, like, whenever we the media gets in there, he's already dressed. Dang.
0: I want to hit up... Uh nuggets pr for like a one game credential and just go talk to jamal murray be like dude i've been stalking you for years (laughs) be sure and (laughs) say it like that (laughs) try to hug him when he's in there chandler's just like what the fuck dude i thought i was your boy sorry nate timmons
1: has got that uh, one day credential and like they go in like you wear shorts dude i really like your game
0: (laughs) bro i knew ever since i saw one highlight of you at kentucky you dropped 35 that you were the guy for the nuggets
1: Hey, I thought I thought uh, Devin Booker was the guy for the Nuggets.
0: Yeah, we were big Booker Remember, fans. Yeah, we just, yeah. We,
1: I, we saw him in that workout, and I'm like, I like that guy. Yeah, and
0: I was like, well, if they can't get Booker, they can get his basically clone and Jamal Murray, right? Yeah, and that and and when was and, so and Booker different.
1: was 2016 draft, right? So no, yeah, uh, he no, was the uh,
0: they they could have just not drafted draft. Moutier and just yeah, taken
1: Booker. That's right, right? 2015 draft, and he went all the <laughs> way to uh,
0: t- ten or eleven, right? Yeah, I think so. Could he play the 3? Could they have had Murray, Booker, and Harris? That's now those guys could shoot. That's a lot of shooting. Yeah. There's a lot of shooting. Imagine I
1: mean, the perfect offense for um uh, the perfect offense for uh Nikola Jokic is him and four shooters. That's, I mean, if you're going to run an offense in Nikola Jokic, that's what you
0: need. Hopefully, Millsap has just been just doing sprints, like you were talking about. He could still do cardio. He just needs to like get speed back.
1: <laughs> you know, he's a big guy. I, I, he is big. He's a very big guy. How is
0: he compared to Chandler? Like in person, like much bigger than Chandler. He's taller. Um, the both of them are yoked, but uh, seems like Millsap would be thicker. But, but I mean, Wilson's Millsap is a big is,
1: bastard. Millsap's built like a linebacker, yeah. And uh, Wilson's not. Wilson's more slender. Wilson's actually lost weight. Yeah, he
0: he trimmed up since he did that like f- past two years. I remember he was
1: up. a lot thicker, um, even in 2013. Yeah. And I think yeah he did that vegan thing and he's lost a ton of weight. That's just as as I'm
0: gonna mention this too. This is just a, a you know maybe in game stuff that doesn't really matter, but i texted you, Jeff, a couple games ago. I can't remember what game it was, but there was two, like, not confrontations, but two instances where Jokic and Gary Harris didn't seem to be on the same page. Mm. And Jokic seemed to let Harris know that they weren't on the same page. And Harris looked at Jokic a couple of times like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like, kind of like, shut up, kind of, you know? And I kind of, I wonder... The dynamic of this team and the leadership of this team—that was what, all we ever talked about, right? Who's the leader of the team? Who's—and the, then it's like now, you know, you have Jokic, who we all thought was ascending to the top spot and the top of the pecking order. I think he's still probably there. Yeah. You have Millsap, and you know—is Millsap really a part of this team, or is he just a high-paid mercenary for a couple of years? You know, or is he ingraining himself in this team and he'll stick around? No, he That's definitely be interesting.
1: Yeah, he definitely hasn't been around the team enough to
0: establish any sort of leadership. But he did have the team, right, to his, his house. He did. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure there's, you know, but and then, you you know, you look at Harris. Harris has always kind of seemed like a quiet, laid-back guy that you don't really, it's hard to gauge his personality. He doesn't like to talk to the media. Yeah. You know. Um, but seems to be taking on a much larger role with this team to where he's one of the alpha dogs of this team. Mm-hmm. And then you have Murray, who has a very alpha dog personality. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And I think that's good, Ted, that you have these guys that are, you know, hopefully highly competitive and you know, have this cutthroat desire to win, and then you look down the road and you're like, I wonder how long these guys are all going to be friendly and happy and coexisting. Or is it going to you know, are you going to have that Kobe-Shaq moment? Are you going to have the Kyrie Irving LeBron moments? You know, stuff like that. It's weird because right now it's all puppies and lollipops and ice cream.
1: Well, I mean, young guys are young guys, and I think that Sometimes e you know you don't see eye to eye. I haven't noticed any sort of big rift. Yeah. Um I think that they I think some
0: in game tension is in-game tension bound is to happen.
1: And it's fine. Yeah. I, I I I prefer it. You know, you at least you guys I like to
0: watch the Cleveland Indians fight each other in the dugout <laughs> with Bob Euchre <Uecker> chugging <laughs> Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> well, you—I—I
1: I would hope that guys would be like, can be, because that at least shows it some competitiveness.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what I've noticed that you these guys don't want, a little like, more. The, oh
1: shuck stuff, you know.
0: Yeah, and that seems to be what I've noticed a little bit more is the Nuggets are kind of more competitive mm-hmm. from like a you know a mental aspect of the game. Yeah, and I like it.
1: I do too. I and I think. Listen, they're what thirty three and twenty seven right now. They're over
0: five hundred, man. Listen, when they,
1: they, they, they beat the Spurs, they went seven games over five hundred for the first time since the fifty seven win season. Yeah, it was the first time because I think they had, at one point they were six games over five hundred in Shaw's first year, and then it like it quickly evaporated. But quickly, yeah. Like I mean, it went off a cliff. <laughs> or maybe 5 or 6 games. anyway something like that and they, they they never had that and they never had imagine 4 years of just being underwater the entire time you're ne- you like, worst like like 5 years of being, being underwater <laughs> what happened to Nate oh, i just took a swim and never came back um but i i i imagine just just that 500, I mean, the Nuggets were 40 and 42 last year. They spent most of the season under 500.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was like they'd creep towards it, and then three-game losing streak. Yep. Creep towards it, another losing streak. Yep. And now they've been over 500 for quite a while. And now you want to see that, like, you want to see them hit a couple win streaks, you know. Give me a six-game or a seven-game win streak, you know, something like that to really push them over 500, oh, no. you know. So it's not even a question that they're going to finish... You know, forty-three and whatever the math would be on that. Well, let's 39? see. They've got twenty-two games left, right? So, is it do they have twenty-two games?
1: Left? Is it 22, sure? 22? Yeah, twenty-two games. Um They've got twenty-two games to really show that they can. I mean, ten more games, forty-three wins. I think they can get ten more wins out of twenty-two. Oh, hell yeah, they better. Um, can they get 15? Outside chance. Yeah, you're right there, and I think that that part is is the next step for this Nuggets team. And that, and as I pointed out at the beginning of the podcast, that seven
0: game seven game road trip
1: is going to be huge. It's yeah. going to be huge, it's
0: humongous. Well, that's it for us, guys. Yep, we did it. We did this damn thing. Any final thoughts, Jeff?
1: Uh may the force be with you. It's a weird one. <laughs> it's a final thought. We'll end
0: right, on that. We'll see you guys next time. All right.
1: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger